Hi, and welcome to another episode of Shout for Libraries, the radio program where a bunch of library and information students bring you the latest research and discussion happening in the field. As promised last month, this episode brings the first of an in-depth two-part interview with Drs. Danielle Allard and Tammy Oliphant to discuss their research. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Shout for Libraries. My name is Alessa. And my name is Maya. Today, we will be speaking with Dr. Danielle Allard and Dr. Tammy Oliphant about the research they have done regarding patron-perpetrated sexual harassment in libraries. This research was also done in collaboration with Angela Lute, who was not able to meet with us today. Before we begin, we wanted to first give our listeners a content warning, because in this interview, we will be discussing sexual harassment and workplace trauma. If these subjects are triggering or upsetting for you, we suggest you tune in at another time. If you do continue to listen, please do what you need to do to take care of yourself and make sure you are safe because these are difficult and heavy subjects. At the end of this interview, we will provide you with numbers so you can call for support if you feel affected by the information that was discussed. These numbers will also be included in our show notes. Good afternoon, Tammy and Danielle. Thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with us about your research. If you could please introduce yourselves. Thanks very much. We're really happy to be here. Uh, My name is Danielle Allard. I'm an assistant professor at the School of Library and Information Studies. And I have been um, at at, um, SLIS for the last four and a half years. And um, I think the project that we're going to talk about today um, uh, really started because of the the work that I do with Tammy, who's going, um, and that began uh, when I started working at at SLIS, um, and because of all the um, years of experience that Tammy has at SLIS. Um, Yeah, that's me. Thanks, Danielle. Mm -hmm. Uh, My name is Tammy Oliphant, and I'm an associate professor at the School of Library and Information Studies. And my research areas are around um, information behavior and practices. Um, I'm also very much interested in uh, knowledge production and particularly thinking about things like epistemic injustice. And as Danielle said, um, and alluded to, so yes, we started working on this project together because Danielle comes to us Uh, with a background in women's and gender studies. And so I don't know if I am moving too quickly at this point by introducing the project, but in conversations with Danielle, in conversations with students, this is how um, ideas and thinking about patron perpetrated sexual harassment became like came to the fore and on our radar a little bit more, but I'll just maybe leave it at that. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, so what was, the, um, what was the catalyst that made you want to research this particular area of librarianship or was there one? So I'll maybe get us started and then Danielle can add. So just as I was saying, um, Danielle came to SLIS with a background in women's and gender studies. So I think that really, uh, for me in our conversations, uh, made me realize that a lot of the thinking that I was doing and the work that I was doing was actually 
feminist without me explicitly stating that or thinking about it that way. And so I really appreciate what Danielle had brought to the library school in that regard. And then the catalyst for the project, like I think there were several things that all happened at the same time. So our collaborator on the patron perpetrated sexual harassment project, Angela Liu, was doing that topic for her 505 research project. And I won't speak for Danielle, but I know that students in her classes were talking about their experiences with it. So the catalyst for me was uh, conversations with Danielle, uh, thinking in conversations with Angela, and then thinking about what was happening with our stu students. And then suddenly, boom, the air that we're breathing became visible. And suddenly it was just like, why are we not talking about this problem in LIS more broadly? Thanks, Tammy. I uh, uh, appreciate the, the your introduction and the way that you've um, framed the origins of this project. Um, to that, I will add that um, the, the research that I was doing before I arrived to SLIS was, um, was around creating um, anti-violence archives for um, sex workers and sex work activists, and um, as well as um, for um, being involved in some projects uh, related to um, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and um, the creation of a, a news archive um, around that. And, and so I um, arrived to SLIS with a kind of um, orientation, I suppose, to anti-feminist, anti-violence, um, and was really surprised that um, it took a while. Um, I was really surprised that that violence was showing up in my in my classroom, and it took me a while to, um, and it, it was definitely in conversation with Tammy and in conversation with Angela. Lou, who, as Tammy said, is a partner on this project and, and who was um, in the classes that I was teaching in at the time. Um, so students were talking about their experiences of patron perpetrated sexual harassment. And clearly this was a, a kind of gender-based violence and, and these um, stories of violence were, were showing up in the classroom. And um, because I also teach reference and information services and had started teaching it at that time, uh, I, I felt a kind of complicity in um, sending students out into the workforce, um, not really understanding that that they were um, subject to the to the kinds of violences that students were sharing in in the classroom. So I, I felt like there's a real gap in the way that we were preparing students to. Um, be librarians. And so um, for me, um, at, that was a, a key piece of my um, motivation to, to, to do this project. And I really, really felt validated um, when I was having conversations with Tammy uh, and Angela um, uh, about, about this issue and, and um, its importance and its absence really in um, MLIS 
MLIS curriculum and maybe in library practice beyond. Although I didn't know that at the time, but we came to learn that there, there are a lot of silences around this topic. Um, and so as we have begun to do research in this area, we've been doing it slowly and carefully, trying to be respectful of those silences um, and why, why they're present um, and, to, and to work with folks who um, are interested in moving this conversation forward in the same kinds of ways that we are. And if I could just add um, one other thing to what Danielle was saying as well and what you alluded to, but I kind of want to make explicit is that as soon as we began talking about this work, uh, you know, looking at the profession itself and how the ways in which librarianship, um, our standards and accreditations and what Danielle was alluding to uh, with reference in particular is thinking about the ways in which the profession actually sets library workers and degree librarians up to be vulnerable to patron perpetrated sexual harassment. So like that was another piece too that became evident pretty quickly was just um, the role of the profession itself. And as Danielle was saying, um, alluding to the silences in professional literature and standards as well. Okay, thank you so much for that. And when you were starting to carry out the study, how was this research project being conducted and how were you collecting your findings and responses from participants? The study began as, um, a, we began the study um, as a literature review. So we, we understood that sexual harassment was a topic that had been taken up in a lot of other feminized, professions. So professions like nursing and healthcare, early um, looking into this topic. And Angela um, is, is, the, is the person who, who did this early work. Um, we, we recognized um, that there wasn't a lot in LIS about sexual harassment, but there, but there was a lot in a lot of other fields, including women's and gender studies. And in women's and gender studies in particular, there was a lot of um, theoretical um, groundwork, let's say, that had been laid that was really useful to us to think about why, why this problem arises and how we might understand and characterize it in such a, in a through a kind of anti-violence feminist um, and intersectional framework or lens. So we began by doing a, a fairly extensive literature review to understand how the problem of sexual workplace sexual harassment in particular had been taken up across other domains. And we use this as the basis for trying to situate and understand the problem. And then from there, the next step was to do a survey. Um, and uh, we sent out a survey to, um, we sent out we sent the survey out broadly and we were interested in having folks who worked in all kinds of libraries um, and who worked in all kinds of positions respond to the survey. We sent it out on social media and we sent it out to different professional associations across Canada. Uh, so we, we distributed it widely, but we were surprised um, by the fact that we had over 500 responses to the survey. So it was um, uh, well taken up 
um, by folks in Canada and some folks in, in the US. And so um, presently what we are doing is analyzing the findings of the survey with the intention of better understanding from the perspectives of library workers themselves, um, how they experience sexual harassment, um, what, what, what those day-to-day um, -day experiences look like, how, how they feel, how folks feel when they are sexually harassed, what are the circumstances around which they're sexually harassed, and how have library workplaces responded to this? What kinds of policies and practices and training is in place and, and what happens um, when this happens to library workers? And so this is, this is where we're at with this survey or with the, with, with the study, um, but I wanna just stress that um, it was really important to us as a kind of, um, as a, as a feminist method, I'll say, to um, understand the experiences of workers um, and to have a really sort of clear picture of this problem as, it, as it's described by those folks in order, and to use that as the basis on which to then um, do other things. So develop training policies and practices that address sexual harassment in the library workplace. Do you want to add to that, Tammy? Yeah, thank you. So I think that I just maybe want to highlight a couple of things. So when Danielle was talking about the environmental scan that um, where Angela did a lot of that work and alongside with um, Danielle, that it was identifying workplace factors, identity factors. And then also what I wanted to point to was the social structures that all inform uh, PPSH um, and what makes, how those all work together and to make library workers particularly vulnerable to PPSH. So, um, you know, we're talking about the macro structures, social structures like white supremacy, patriarchy, rape culture, neoliberalism, that also informed the library workplace. And just in terms of the survey, so I just wanted to point out that, you know, COVID kind of changed the plan a little bit. So we were, um, and potentially we'll be doing this in the future as the next steps is uh, interviewing library workers, um, potentially having focus groups that type of thing. And I wanted to just expand a little bit about the all library workers that Danielle had talked about, because it's really important to think that even if you are not sexually harassed at work, more than likely you have to deal with it, even if you're a supervisor, uh, because you have to support the frontline workers who are dealing with this maybe um, more frequently. Um, and then also all library workers includes pages, library assistants. So this is an issue that affects every single person in a library organization. And I just wanted to um, reiterate and also agree with a thousand percent with what Danielle was saying about um, our intentions with this work, the theoretical frameworks that we've used, um, the questions that we didn't ask 
in the survey. So for example, we didn't ask specifically about sexual assault and therefore we have to assume that reports of it are actually underreported in our survey data. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to point out a couple of other things. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a really great point that PVSH can infiltrate kind of every aspect of library work. And that's why it's so important to highlight those issues because it affects everybody. Um, and even though personal accounts are really hard to hear, we think in order to understand the reality and the severity of it, it's kind of necessary to know the range of forms that PPSH can take. So uh, can you please give us some examples of the PPSH happening in libraries based on the responses to your survey? I would like to begin by just giving a, a warning here to folks who are listening that I'm about to describe uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault in um, some great detail. And so um, please um, choose not to listen to this or uh, take care of take care of yourself um, in whatever way that you need to. We talk about this all the time. Um, and um, but it's important to remember that it's um, hard to hear and it's hard. To, um, and of course, it's hard to experience. So I just want to preface my comments with that acknowledgement um, and maybe a warning. Um, but as I do that, I'll, I'll say that um, as part of the survey, what we did was we asked folks um, to identify, um, we, we created a list um, and asked each person who did the survey if they had, if they had experienced any of these forms of harassment. And we were really surprised so we created a list of um, possible experience of possible kinds of sexual har harassment that that um, people might have experienced. And we asked them to um, identify each type of experience that they had had. Um, and so what, what was surprising to me was just the high number of um, the high frequency of responses across all of the categories. And then some of the categories were, um, were there, um, you know, more than half or 75 or 80% of folks had had experienced these, um, what we end up calling everyday harassment or low grade harassment. And these are the kinds of harassments that, um, that happen um, often very quickly and are things like um, being called a pet name or um, having somebody um, uh, whistle at you or um, being stared or leered at. There were lots of, lots of harassments were um, frequently reported that were, um, um, that people ha had a lot of experience with. And then um, there were some other forms of harassment that were um, less frequently experienced, um, um, but were quite serious, including up to um, sexual sexual assault. We didn't ask people specifically if they had been sexually assaulted, um, but many people reported that in when they were describing incidents of harassment to us. All, another thing that was interesting about the findings were that less than one percent of people had never been harassed, um, and um, 60 or 70% of the folks had been harassed 10 or more times. So sexual harassment was very much a day-to-day -day, um, experience of theirs. And Tammy, do you wanna add 
anything about um, to to this about harassing experiences? Oh, sure. Thank you. One of the things that really surprised me uh, was that this also happens outside of the library. So there's one example where someone, actually a few, where someone was like, oh, I saw you doing yoga in your living room last night. Um, another example of a woman who was recognized at the grocery store and was sexually harassed at the grocery store or librarians that went out on their lunch break and then ended up being harassed. So that it was happening in every single space in the library as well as occasionally outside of the library. And I think too that, um, you know, just as Danielle is talking about like this, the escalation sometimes like, so that harassment, it could be episodic. So it just happens once or twice, or it could be chronic. And sometimes certain library workers were harassed for years and potentially had to move offices, had to switch out branches, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, that was surprising. And then also thinking about, uh, you know, we're just getting into this data now, but thinking about how people rate the severity of PPSH in libraries, as well as the pervasiveness. And so the, in terms of pervasiveness, it was very, it ranked very highly, like so very per pervasive, especially for public librarians, although academic and government school libraries also ranked it as very pervasive. But in terms of severity, um, there was some real variation. So for some people who are potentially harassed all the time, they're just like, this isn't a big deal. I can deal with this. Um, whereas others are like, oh, this is a major, major problem. Okay, thank you so much. And um, what sort of a response and reception have you received to your findings from the community, would you say? One thing that I've really loved about the development of this whole project is that um, Danielle and Angela and I have been communicating with practitioners and people in the community um, since the inception of this project. So we've talked to, we've had library managers come up to us after a conference presentation and be like, this is so important. Like, what can I do? Tell me, um, you know, how I can ensure the safety of my library staff. And then we have other professionals tell us, you know, um, I complained about uh, patron perpetrated sexual harassment and my supervisor told me not to uh, wear a skirt to work or to change my wardrobe, right? So we have been in constant communication uh, with practitioners and the professional community um, throughout the whole project. And then I'll maybe leave some room for Danielle to talk about other aspects. So over to you, Danielle. Thanks, Tammy. I have been um, surprised by the uh, 
welcomeness, I guess, of this topic into the spaces that we take it. So that so there seems to be some um, a bit of a disconnect because there, as we noted, there there was a kind of silence around this topic when we began this work. But we've presented uh, the topic at a number of library conferences and at a number of academic LAS conferences. And there's always, um, I, I think people have been um, not surprised um, about what we had to say, um, but very receptive, receptive to it by and large. Um, and another thing that has surprised me in a really um, positive way is the response that students, MLIS students have had to the work. So I think, um, it resonates with folks, especially um, young people who are um, um, who often work in other kinds of feminized fields. So, if you worked as a server, uh, this work, you know, you relate to this. Um, there's a whole bunch of um, uh, ways that um, talking about sexual harassment can connect to our lives, uh, um, both in in thinking about what working in the library might mean and then well beyond that. So um, I, the, this, the, the uptake of the work um, by students has been really, really special to me um, and has um, reminded me or taught me perhaps that, that um, this was needed. Um, and I'm also really pleased that um, the profession, librarians, um, and folks who work in libraries are um, want to have these conversations and have and have been um, really game to participate in the conversation. So I, I I think that that has been wonderful. If if I can just add something to that, just when Danielle was speaking and thinking about younger people and MLIS students, um, so this was some interesting data that. For our respondents, 30% um, identified as other than um, hetero. Uh, so that was really interesting. And that is being led by Gen Z. Um, you know, that they, so what we found with this project and what I really like about it is that one of the core messages that we try to get across you know, to everyone, but especially in the professional community is that believing the experiences of and what people tell you, right? So as a middle-aged white woman, um, I'm going to have a completely different reaction or response to PPSH potentially than a 22-year-old who is in her first professional position. And what I think this project invites us to do is to, you know, get outside of our own experiences and think about and consider what experiences of PPSH and sexual violence are like for other people. So um, that is one thing that I really enjoy about this project and I think um, we need to bring to the fore. And even to expand that a little bit more, we also have to think about, you know, the racialized uh, minorities that we work with, BIPOC individuals, LGBTQ 
their experiences of this are going to be different. And our work and our research is really centered around this idea of believing that other people's experiences are different and believing what those experiences are. So um, just in terms of reception, I think that people are really getting that message and I'm hopeful that they are. But as Danielle said, I think this is being led very much by our students and um, younger young people. I shouldn't say younger, I don't wanna generalize um, and make blanket statements, but um, there's a lot of energy, a lot of recognition and just a shifting of things that we're seeing in our students too. So, sorry, that's just what I wanted to add there. I appreciate that addition. And maybe, maybe we should say people who are younger than you, Tammy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Tune in next month for the rest of the interview. As always, if you missed part of this episode, catch the whole thing on shoutforlibraries.transistor.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. See you in the stacks.